Hey everyone, this is Brian from the Tennis IQ Podcast. Josh and I hope that you're enjoying the content and discussions that we put out week after week. If you'd like to support the podcast and help us to continue to produce quality episodes, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash podcast slash membership. Currently, we have two tiers of support, $3 per month and $7 per month. So again, our Patreon page is patreon.com slash podcast slash membership. Thank you so much. And now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to the Tennis IQ Podcast. I'm Josh Berger. And I'm Brian Lomax. And our topic today is relaxation training, or perhaps even more specifically, building more awareness of how we feel, building more body awareness. Um for us as tennis players. And a couple reasons that you know we thought of this topic today was that very often, and, and I know Josh, you, you mentioned this earlier, but I hear it too. We may speak with a player who has had a performance recently, and one of the things that he or she will tell us is that they were tight. And then that kind of ends the conversation in terms of the performance. Um, and uh, I think we've all been there. We've all been in matches or situations in which tension and tightness took over. Um, And one of the motivations for working on something like body awareness and relaxation training is to develop some tools to deal with that situation. Um, We don't necessarily want it to be, well, I was tight and that was pretty much the end of the story and I was never able to recover. Um, And this is a real process with athletes that we'll get into and how to how to do this and how to build this awareness of your body and how your your body is feeling. Um, but you know, on a personal level, I remember being told maybe in my 20s sometime that when people watched me, I looked very tense and tight as I was playing. I and mean, I had no idea about this at all. Um, and it took some, you know, exploration of uh, yoga and even through a process of uh, starting to engage in some relaxation massage or deep tissue massage that I, I began to realize that, yes, there really was a lot of tension being housed in my body. And then maybe that that had an impact on my ability to create power or maybe it was forcing me into some mistakes and so forth. Um, and then when I began my sports psychology career, one of the first books that I read was a book called Expert Approaches in Sports Psychology. And I remember in there, there was a chapter by Dr. Keith Henshin who talked about relaxation training being the first thing that he would work on with his athletes. And I I was struck by that and I wanted to learn more about that process. And the more I learned about it, the more I I decided to do the same with uh, the players and athletes that I work with is, is beginning to bring much more awareness to that to that body state. Um, so Josh, before we get into anything really specific here, just want to give you an opportunity to introduce the topic, you know, from your own perspective and, you know, what you have experienced with your clients or even in your own, <laughs> your, your own game. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's a universal experience that, that all tennis players or at least just about all tennis players have felt particularly tight 
at, at times, particularly tense. I think it had, tends to happen a lot more often during matches than practice. And I think that can actually be one of the big differences between, you know, if a player experiences that, hey, I, I'm able to play this way during practice and then during matches, um, you know, it's tough for me to bring out my best stuff. And I think we can, you know, start to break down why why that is sometimes in terms of, you know, your expectations and the pressure you're putting on yourself, but also physically there can tend to be a lot more tension in, in those moments. So I think most players have experienced, you know, significant tension, in, including myself um, in matches and maybe not always, you know, I, I think many people, unless they've learned the skills don't necessarily feel that they know how to handle it or they don't necessarily have tools for how they handle that that tension. And and I think it can, as you mentioned, Brian, I think that that can often be cited as a reason for why somebody loses or why somebody doesn't play so well on a particular day. I was so tense. I, you know, my, my and, and maybe it's a particular shot. My forehand fit, felt really tense. I wasn't loose at all. I couldn't, you know, whatever. I couldn't generate the racket speed or the, you know, spin on the ball the way I, I wanted to. Um, and yeah, I think that that since most players have felt, you know, have, have experienced that. And, and I would say only some, you know, have the tools and really try to utilize those tools to approach that tension when it, when it comes up, I think it's a really, really important topic to, to discuss that, that I think, you know, most people uh, can benefit from. Yeah, because as you said, you know, we, we do tend to tighten up more in competition. And then even within competition, there may, may be more moments, closing, um, moments of a set or tiebreakers, big points, break points, etc. And even more stress may be felt in that moment. And, and therefore, the, the, the pressure or the, the tension in your body increases. And so, yeah, we want to have some tools that help us um, improve that in the moment, you know, because you may have uh, even had one of your matches observed by a coach who, let's say it's the serve, because I think this is a classic one, is somebody will say that they serve poorly in a match. They didn't necessarily say they're tight, probably not even aware of that body tension, but their serve wasn't working. That's something I hear um, every now and then. And then maybe a coach observed it and then they saw all these technical issues. And you know, the message I try to give players is like, eh, it's probably not technical if you're able to do it in practice. There's something else going on here. Um, and part of it is physical. Part of it is that the tension and tightness in your body are most likely breaking down your ability to be smooth and fluid with your stroke, certainly with your serve. With your serve, things like tempo, and rhythm and balance are extremely important. And if any part of your motion is speeding up or slowing down, it's going to you know, lead to inconsistent results. Is that a technical issue? Probably not. It's probably more a muscle tension and, and a bringing more awareness to rhythm, tempo, and balance, and even maybe the... the level of tension in, in your grip, how tightly you're holding the racket. And so the the time spent going out there with a coach working on the technique in your serve, while that may be somewhat helpful, it probably won't solve your problem of when your serve is not working and bringing 
attention to technical corrections. So we want to know how to how to work through some of these tech uh, these tension issues during matches, and much of that are things that we can do between points and and on on changeovers. Um, so, Josh, let's talk about some ways of of, of training this. Um, you know, there are a lot of different techniques out there. We can both talk about what we do with each athlete in terms of that. But when you start to get into this topic with, with players, what are some uh, things that you help them do to try to create more body awareness and more awareness of their, their tension levels? Yeah. I mean, there, I think there's a number of, of different approaches. A, a few that I tend to use, um, meditation is, is a big one, mindfulness meditation and, you know, helping an athlete start to really become aware of their breath and aware of the impact, you know, that, that their breath can have and how they can use their breath as a tool when they're out there, I think can be a really, really important starting point. Um, and then, you know, through that mindfulness meditation, there's a number of other benefits as well in terms of, you know, that just awareness of, whether somebody is really being present, if their thoughts are in the past and the future, which can also be causing more tension. Um, so I, I think that can start to just bring more awareness in general in terms of both phys physical and mental um, awareness of, of, of the moment. Um, so, so that's that's definitely a big one. Progressive muscle relaxation is another another really important one that that I utilize that I know you know other practitioners utilize and you know. What I find is is really helpful here is to help athletes have that experience of tensing and loosening different different muscle groups and feeling you know th that experience of okay my you know I'm I'm tensing my my calf muscle and and really holding that tension there really experiencing that and then releasing it and and helping an athlete build that skill of being able to release that tension for themselves um, can be really helpful. Cause I think, I know we've brought up this word awareness a number of times, but until an athlete is aware that they are tense or tight, you know, it, it, it's very tough to actually do anything about it. So I think that step one is, is really noticing, Hey, I, I am feeling that tension. And then if you can start to recognize, okay, where in my body am I actually holding that? Is that in my shoulders in my arms is that in my legs? Is it, you know, more in my core? Where where am I experiencing that tension? And then through progressive muscle relaxation, starting to have a tool to um, to release tension in, in certain parts of your body. So that that would be a second one that I would point to. And then a, th a third that I I haven't used as much, but it it is a tool that um, we have discussed on this podcast. And actually, we had an an episode with Jeff Greenwald where we discussed having sort of having a scale, a, a one through 10 scale. And, and I, I would encourage people if they, um, if they're, they're listening to this and this sounds interesting to, to listen to that episode that we had with Jeff Greenwald, cause he goes into to more detail here, but he talks about, um, during practice, trying to play some points where you are, if we're thinking of a one through 10 scale, 10 being your most tense and one being your most loose during practice when there's, you know, not the same level of pressure. Can you play some points at a 10 where you're feeling super tense, super, 
um, you know, your, your body, you're intentionally adding tension to your body. You're trying to play points in that state. And then can you play points at a one where you're playing, you know, sort of as loose as you can be. You don't really care if the ball goes in, in that moment, um, almost joking around, you know, as loose as possible. And then once you've experienced that one in that 10, what does a five feel like? Can we find that five? What is a seven? What is a what is a three or a four? And can you start to, you know, move along that scale intentionally and then start to figure out what works best for you? Maybe you play best at a six. Maybe you play best at a three and a half, right? For most people, it's somewhere in between that one or a 10. Most people aren't, you know, fully on the extreme one way or the other. Um, and then and then what I think is helpful is, you know, once you've figured out where is sort of my ideal state, that optimal state for me, then you can move along that sort of scale as uh, as required. So if you're in a match and you're feeling that tension, and maybe generally you play best at a six, but you're feeling, you know, like you like you have maybe unnecessary tension, can you use your tools, whether it's your breathing, whether it's the progressive muscle relaxation, whether it's imagery, whether it's some other tools to start to bring that number down from an eight to a seven or a six. And maybe maybe you don't need a six. Maybe you want to be at a four or four or a five in that moment because you actually want to feel really loose because you feel like that tension is a, a big reason that's holding you back from from playing your game, from being able to perform. So those, those three tools in terms of that mindfulness meditation, um, there's also body scan meditations and, and other types that are more geared towards specific awareness of your body. Um, so, so that would be the first one, different types of meditation, progressive muscle relaxation, and then that one through 10 sort of scale and moving along that scale as we talked about with Jeff Greenwald. So th- those would be a few that, that I, you know, utilize and, and advocate for, I guess you could say. Um, how about, how about you, Brian? Yeah, I, for- I want to talk about the one to 10 scale thing for a second, because if any of our listeners also happen to be golfers, uh, Lynn Marriott and Pia Nielsen of Vision 54 in Arizona, their book, Be a Player, uh, uses the exact same type of exercises, but just from a golfing perspective. And um, so, again, that's just more to throw it out there. But, it's, you know, scaling in such a way is just a great skill to learn and a great tool to use to really learn about yourself. So we are talking here very much about body awareness and relaxation states, but you know, with the broader picture, you're learning more about yourself and that self-knowledge. And I think that that is really the important part is because many of us are not as aware of that. Um, I use a lot of the same things that you just mentioned, Josh. Um, and I've more recently tried to go into like a progression of these things because and this is all off court. Some of these things can certainly be practiced on the court and maybe even more of it. But um, I have started uh, basically a progression of three three or four things in a row that maybe make up about a 15-minute exercise. So the first one would be that breathing, that rhythmic breathing piece. And um, we talk a lot about how that's a means of turning your brain on, learning to think better. You're more perceptive, better problem solver. So we're using the breathing to begin the exercise with establishing some mental coherence. And you're really connecting the mind and the body there. Then the next thing I do uh, is is have them do a body scan meditation. I could do the progressive muscle relaxation, but I'm trying to keep it short 
And the body scan meditation, similar to the progressive muscle relaxation, is to me, it helps build lines of communication between your brain and different parts of your body. Um, there might be some places that are hard to think into or hard to tense up. It's good to notice that. Um, and so the body scan meditation skill we're learning there is active relaxation. We're learning to actively relax ourselves in that moment. Okay. After that, the next piece of the exercise is visualizing some sort of peak performance that you've had. And so what we're doing there is now we're introducing positive emotions and focus into the situation. Because if we think about when we get a stressful time on the court, what do we want? We want to establish mental coherence through our breathing. We want to actively work on our body state, manage our physiology, try to get looser, most likely. So that's the active relaxation. And then we want to bring more of a positive focus to the situation because stress often gets us distracted. So can we bring more positive emotions and focus? So through the exercise, we've, we've built those three skills. And then I try to have the athlete then visualize a stressful situation. One in which try to create the feelings of stress and pressure. And this has a couple, I think, of uh, consequences, positive consequences. One is um, you become more accustomed to what this feels like. So it's not so foreign and it's not so terrible you know, almost befriending this level of stress and pressure. It's not a terrible thing. And then you see yourself in the stressful situation, and then you see and feel yourself going through those steps to get through it. You breathe, you actively relax, and you bring positive emotions and, and focus into it. So you do that for about five minutes of visualization, and then finish off the exercise with just some rhythmic diaphragmatic breaths again, just to sort of Calm yourself down and, and um, be in a nice, coherent state. And I've had a lot of positive um, feedback about this particular progression of things and helping people go through creating coherence, relaxation, and positive emotions and focus um, more actively. And I try to do that with athletes for about three or four weeks of time and asking them to do it either daily or every other day. Um, and this is all off-court type of stuff, um, but through that repetition of the daily or every other day, now they're becoming much more in tune with how to manage their own physiology, how to manage um, yeah, their own coherence, how to manage bringing in positive emotions and focus. Um, so that's uh, something that I've, I've been working with a lot lately. Um, some other things that I would suggest to people just to get more in tune with themselves. You brought up the meditation, Josh, and um, yeah, we both are using Focus Calm. We had Max Newland on our podcast, but that's also something kind of really help you tune more into um, your mind and body and how they're connected there. And Focus Calm really helps you realize that. Uh, I think partner stretching is something that can really make you aware of where you're tight. Uh, especially the first few sessions of it. Um, and then it also just has a lot of good positive benefits in terms of, of how you feel. And then uh, for those of you who wear fitness trackers, um, whether it be sort of Apple Watch or Fitbit or you know some, some Samsung health tracker, those devices can help you, you know, manage maybe specific metrics that you think are important, you know, heart rate 
perhaps being one of them. We see a lot of pro players train with heart rate monitors and use that data to help them recover more quickly between points to recover uh, on changeovers. Um, so I think there are a lot of different things that we can do, but it all in the service of learning more about how your body works and what are the optimal places or optimal zones that it functions at its best so that you can then repeat that. A lot of learning really has to happen through the body, right? If we make it sort of a inner game of tennis discussion, right? Self too. The more that you are learning it, you know, through the experience of the body, the easier it will be to replicate. If we're simply trying to talk ourselves through everything all the time, I think it becomes harder and then you're more prone to to overthinking. So much of what we're talking about here can actually help quiet your mind, uh, but also develop uh, kind of a more in-tune relationship that is going to allow you to create your strokes in a much more consistent and, and uh, positive way. Totally, totally. And I... I, I... I like that that um, progression that that you brought up, and I think, I yeah, I, I think that that can be helpful for a lot of a lot of people. Absolutely, um, and I think yeah, you know, it, it's important to recognize that this this experience of of feeling tight is something that that just about everybody experiences, and you you will hear pros if if you listen to their press conferences. They're on court interviews, uh, talking about this, talking about how, um, you know, going into a match, maybe they felt tight or serving for a match or, you know, break point or whatever it is, but certain key moments where even the best players in the world, even people who have really dedicated their lives to this sport and have, you know, gotten to the highest level of the game over other people who have done the same, um, still experience this as well. So I, th I think normalizing this experience and understanding that, you know, a junior player who gets tight or a, you know, adult player playing USTA league or, or whatever it is that gets tight, it's, it's, it's all very normal. It's, you know, this is something that can, can really happen to everybody. It does. Um, the, the, to, to me, it's about, okay, can we first have that awareness of when it is happening and then start to really, you know, have different tools that we've practiced off court and then start to learn how to apply them, how, how to apply them. And it can be a process. You know, I think we want to, you know, try to do as well as we can in each situation, but also recognize that it, you know, that there, there might be some days where we're able to utilize our tools and, and hopefully, um, you know, address that tightness and, and de decrease that tightness. And some days it's going to be easier than others. And I think, you know, having some sort of a reflection process, and I know this is something we've talked a lot about in terms of journaling, in terms of, you know, trying to reflect and learn from our experiences, but can that be something that we journal about, you know, and we can that be, a per, you know, a particular metric, a particular variable that we jot down how, you know, how tense or tight did we feel out there? And, 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 what did we do about it? If we felt a lot of tension, is there something that we tried to do about that? So can we, you know, can we write that down? Can we make note of that? And I think why, why that's helpful is that, you know, if we look back at that journal, you know, a month later, three months later, six months later, wh whenever that is, um, we can, you know, maybe we're looking back at that the night before a match and we see, okay, in this match two months ago, 
I was feeling really tense in the beginning of the match. And this is what I did about it. I focused on my breathing. I, I got into some, you know, diaphragmatic breathing or rhythmic breathing and it started to relax and I started to play better. And then later in the match, maybe it was a tiebreaker and I felt the same sorts of physiological symptoms and I addressed it. I focused on my breathing. I tried to intentionally um, loosen up certain parts of my body. I shook out, uh, you know, shook my my arms and legs out. I, you know, bounced on my toes. I, I did these sorts of things and it helped and it helped me handle that moment. So I think by going through that process of journaling and reflection and 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 also creating time to look back at that, um, particularly before matches, and maybe that's part of your routine as well, um, it, it helps you recognize it, it almost reminds you of the importance of applying these skills. And, and I think can also build some confidence that just because I feel tense or I feel tight doesn't mean that it's over because as we sort of started this episode with, you know, it's, it's often a reason why somebody didn't play at their best, why, you know, somebody didn't perform as well as maybe they wanted to. Um, and, you know, understanding that just because you feel that way doesn't mean that, it's not, it's just not going to be your day. It just, it's an a, additional challenge to overcome or address. Um, and yeah, I, I think by sort of going through that process of first recognizing it, being aware of it, accepting it, Hey, this is how I'm feeling. And then starting to think about, okay, how can I apply these skills that hopefully I've built in, in this moment and, and, you know, almost being able to diagnose, okay, what do I need right now to, to help me, you know, handle this moment and help me to, you know, feel less tension and feel more relaxed out there. I think one of the issues for players is when things are not working, and that's often how it's phrased, is that the tendency is to go to something technical or tactical as the adjustment. And I would say that that's probably the wrong choice as your first means of changing something that you need to go first to managing how you feel. Um, because it's most likely, as I said earlier, not a technical issue. And um, tactics don't get you out of, they don't help your body to relax. And maybe you will play better with a different tactic. It's possible. Um, but you generally don't solve these problems. Because if you think about it, Josh, it's really how we're thinking of the moment that is creating the tension. And so it's very difficult to go from sort of a negative thinking space to a positive thinking space without making some sort of adjustment to how you feel. You know, we, we often say when you notice that you're off, what's the first thing we want you to do? We want you to take a deep breath. So that right there is we're using how we feel, using our body awareness as a bridge to creating better thoughts. So just with that in mind, can we even do a little bit more of working on how we feel so that we can open up ourselves to um, better thinking on the court, but also the body relaxing a little bit more, creating more smoothness, more fluidity in the game. And I know that that can be a tough ask of a lot of players because they have been conditioned that when things are breaking down, that it's either technical or I need to change my game. 
And you know, we've talked on a few episodes that changing your game just because you're losing isn't always the right answer. It might be about you relaxing, settling yourself down, and, and, and trying to find your A game a little bit more, um, depending on, on the situation. So something that players can do more on the court, you know, maybe along with the Jeff Greenwald exercise, Josh, but would be just noticing the level of tension in their grip. And using the one to ten thing, but try it in mini tennis, where the tennis is very simple on its own. So it's not we don't have to think a lot about the strokes. It's just a warm up type of thing. So can you bring more awareness to the feel of the grip? And maybe that's before contact, maybe it's at contact, maybe it's even after contact. Can you notice it all along the way? And again, we're just trying to build awareness of how how this feels. I've had some players try to play mini tennis at a 10, like gripping the racket super, super tight. And, you know, they can't create racket head speed. The ball tends to fly off in different directions because you can't move the racket head through the ball. And then we go the opposite, okay? Super loose. Um, It's actually even a good way just to start off mini tennis. It's like, do this and then get loose, and then you get into a little bit more of a rhythm. Um, I would say, you know, similarly on the court, first do this in practice, but try to establish, and I think we talked about this in that um, episode we did on like resonance performance model, is try to tune into what like a good forehand feels like. The smoothness, the rhythm, the tempo, or a good backhand. What, what do these things feel like? Again, though, so that we're learning it through the body. And so we're really tuning much more into how we're feeling, our relaxation state, how we're breathing, um, and then using that information as something I want to recreate. So let's say you're working on cross-court forehands, and you hit a really good one. All right, let me try to recreate the tempo, that, how that fell, how did my arm feel, and, and just really work with that motion rather than like, oh, yeah, out in front and all this other talk. It's like go for the feeling much more. And over time, as you work on this for maybe a month or maybe longer, you'll start to develop that kind of awareness and be able to recreate these things uh, much more quickly for yourself. And the idea of being tight on the court will be less and less of a problem. Not that it won't happen because you'll always encounter probably new stressful situations. But now you'll have some tools to deal with it and try to get yourself through it. And maybe it won't be perfect the first time, but it will certainly get better and better and better. And you just feel better. You'll feel lighter on the court when you do this. The stress will not be such an impact on your game. And in fact, now you'll learn that to welcome the stress because this is actually making you a better player. Totally. Totally. No, I, I think you brought up some good things there. I think um, one one thing that came to mind is how we can, you know, during practice, not just starting with, you know, start, starting with points from the baseline or starting with uh, a practice set or something like that. But can we start nice and easy? Can we start in mini tennis from, you know, the service line or, or inside the service line and, and start from there and, and try to build the skill from there and, you know, you've used that word progression, and I, I think it's something that probably most players have experienced 
maybe within a tennis lesson, right? You know, there's a, you're working on changing your grip, for instance, and we're not going to start by changing that grip during a match or during a practice match or practice set. Um, you're going to start nice and easy. Maybe it's a, a ball that's just tossed to you. And then maybe there's a, a ball fed from the other side of the, the other side of the court. And then you're starting to use it in points. And then you can eventually get to that point where you can hopefully trust it enough to, to, you know, start really using it in matches. Um, and I think it is the same thing with, with these types of skills. So I'm glad, glad that you brought that up. Um, and I think, yeah, getting, getting to that point where, you know, I, I think also having relaxation, relaxation, having realistic expectations. I almost combined those two words. <laughs> Um, having realistic expectations for yourself about some of these things can be helpful, right? If you're, if you're at an eight and feeling really tense out there, maybe not expecting that you're going to get to a one or a two or a three in, in the moment, right? Or it might, it might take time, you know, can we, can we start to slowly bring down that scale a little bit through some of these tools. And I think also through how we're framing different situations. I think a lot of this tension, and we talked about why this tension tends to happen more during matches compared to practice. It's a lot about how we're framing things. We're telling ourselves that we have to win. We're telling ourselves that we should win. We need to win. Maybe we're playing against a player who we've beaten in the past, or somebody has told us that we should beat or, or that we're better than. Uh, or we have a higher UTR than that, and there's a certain pressure that you know we're supposed to win, or we should win against this particular player. Or maybe it's you know a tournament or a league match or something where it feels like it's really important. And can we get to a point where we are confident that we're we're doing everything in our power to to try to win, but we're able to let go a little bit and let go and not feel this feel like I need to win I should win I have to win I'm supposed to all of these types of things that that can can really put a lot of pressure and add tension to us and and add sort of a more of a mental tension in terms of how we're talking to ourselves but also that can come out physically just just like what we've been talking about in this episode so I think you know the I don't know if I want to say the missing link but I think an important piece of all of this is that we want to address how we're framing situations, how we're talking to ourselves in different situations, going into matches, during matches, even during practice. You can you can feel some of this during practice as well. But you know, noticing these moments when this is happening and trying to almost think backwards and think, okay, what am I? What's causing this? Am I? Is it the way I'm talking to myself? Is it the way I'm framing this? Is it my that I'm overly focused on my results? Is it my expectations? You know what? you know, what, what am I doing that, that could be causing some of this? And can we, it, it's almost like, can we also, and I feel like we've been talking a lot about what to do if you, if you do experience it, but can we almost, you know, start with the root cause at times, which can be some, you know, some of those things like your expectations and like, you know, being overly focused on, on your results and start there and try to, you know, be a little bit more focused on that process of performance excellence, of playing well, of playing your game, of having fun, of you know, of, of being the player that that you're striving to become. Um, and I, I think that sort of a mindset is 
a mindset where you're going to experience less pressure and, and ho- hopefully less tension as well and and start there as, as a starting point but then have the tools where if you know if you are experiencing with it you know that sort of tension which you know is can still very much happen um that you have the tools then but i think having that starting point of you know how you're framing things how you're seeing things you know what is your general mindset going into matches um i think is is a really important place to start i think you know when it comes to this there are certainly both cognitive and physical aspects to it right um i do think so we said earlier, you know, what do we ask people to do when they feel pressure in one way is to is to take a breath. And so for some, the starting point might be reframing. For others, it might be going to the body first and allowing themselves to think better. Um, and so um, I think it is good to recognize that there are two things going on here and, and that we do, you know, eventually want to address them both. Um, but I think really kind of what we're hitting on more today is the physical side of things, knowing what to do, how to train yourself in this so that when you are feeling and thinking not great and you're having expectations and you're worried about winning and then that creates a body state, that you're not stuck in that place, right? And um, yeah, to me, that's really kind of the, the whole point of this is because a lot of people will say, oh, you know, Focus on your breathing and all this other stuff, but and not that that's wrong, but I'm hoping that you know together, Josh, we're putting together a picture of how to do this most effectively and why, so that it's more than well, just take a breath. Oh, I've heard that, you know, or focus on your breathing. I've heard that, um, but yeah, how can we go through a progression of things to know exactly how you want to manage your physiology to a place where you're feeling loose and relaxed and my brain and body are connected. I know how to loosen up my muscles. I know how to bring positive emotions or reframe things here by thinking back. I know how to be comfortable with stress and then be able to do this. And these become just great skills. This is why it would be good for people to go back and listen to the Jeff Greenwald episode because he talks about how he plays, what, maybe one tournament a year? And he's always loose and relaxed for it because he specifically works on this as an approach, you know, and he's an amazingly good player. Um, so yeah, to me, that's kind of like the whole thing is that everybody's probably heard a lot of this stuff in different contexts. Can you now try to put it all together into your own training program so that you're so much more in tune with how you feel and that you can be more readily calling forth the kinds of shots that you want simply through body awareness and simply knowing how this is my forehand, this is my backhand, this is my serve, and not letting some of the other circumstances of the day, expectations, etc., get in the way of corrupting that. They will, right? But can you more readily call it forth so you can get through that pressure? Totally. Totally. Um, I think one one thing I would encourage everybody to think about is, you know, is there maybe a performance, one performance that comes to mind where you felt, you know, you think back and, and maybe it's more than one, but is there one in particular where, where you can think back to it, you know, 
back to a particular match, particular day where you just felt very, very tense out there. Um, and then think back to a different day where maybe for whatever reason, you felt really loose, really relaxed. And what was what was different about those days in terms of how, how did you approach things going into it? You know, how much sleep did you get? you know, the night before any to those situations, what did, what did you eat? You know, how, how did you view your opponent going into the match? How did you view the importance of, of that particular match? You know, can we learn from these situations? Can we learn from our moments where we feel really relaxed, really loose, you know, not overly fixated on our results and what might happen and what could happen in that particular day. And then how about, you know, can you identify those particular days where you felt the opposite and you felt really tense, really worried about what might happen, what could happen, thinking about the past, that, that sort of thing. Um, and, and, you know, starting there, starting with that sort of comparison between those, those different types of performances. And I think there, there could be a lot to be learned from there. So I would, I would encourage people to, to think about that. Cause I think even just by, by that, simple process there's you know a lot to be learned and gained from that because you can start to notice those 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 key key differences in terms of both how you were framing things going into the match and then maybe what did you do how did you try to handle it when you know when you felt tight when you felt tense you know was there something that you tried to do in that moment did it work did it not work you know how can we, at least as a starting point, try to learn from those experiences and then we can start to, you know, sort of layer in or apply some of these other sorts of, you know, skills and tools that, that we've talked about? Well, that's another great awareness exercise. You know, it's a version of sort of performance profiling and, and comparing that. And you may even see some things in the the not so great performance that you didn't do well that highlight, well, that actually is really necessary that I correct that. That actually might be something I want to focus more on creating, knowing that uh, when it's bad, it really has it has major consequences. So, um, again, that's just another great awareness building exercise, Josh, because you're looking at more deeply different types of performances and what worked and what you know what was off, what was on, and now you give yourself more information for how you want to feel, and you do it more proactively rather than a lot of this becoming sort of organic stuff that just grows as a matter of what's going on in the rest of your day or rest of your week. Right. So, um, any last words of, uh, wisdom here for body awareness, relaxation training? Um, I don't know. I feel like we've covered a lot. I mean, I think maybe, maybe one last piece is, um, you know, sort of the, the fun, slash enjoyment piece where if you're enjoying yourself out there, if you're having fun uh, more often than not, I think you're going to be feeling more loose than if, if you're treating it like this is my job, this is something I, I need to do. I, you know, this is the most important match in the world and I, and I need to win it. And I think, you know, and I, I would imagine you have similar experiences, Brian, but I think, you know, the, especially with higher performing athletes, um, I think a lot of them will say that, you know, they, they started playing the sport because they, they loved it, right. They, they enjoyed it. It was fun. And then at a certain point, you know, the, that motivation for why they played shifted, not that they didn't enjoy it 
or love it or feel passionate about it, but it became, you know, more about winning, more about performances, maybe other outcomes like making it onto a certain team or a scholarship or ranking rankings or beating a particular player. And I think, you know, not, not that all of that stuff isn't important because obviously it is, but if we can get back to that point of enjoyment and fun um, I think that that's maybe another piece that, that can also lead to that looseness. I think when you're just having fun out there, when you're enjoying yourself, um, you're going to tend to feel a lot more relaxed and a lot looser and, and actually tend to play better than those moments where you're feeling like I have to win and I need to win. And I'm supposed to. Um, so if we can, you know, start with that mindset and that, that difference, you know, as we were talking about earlier, between those moments where you feel really tense and feel really loose, I I would say when you're enjoying yourself, when you know having fun is prioritized, you're gonna feel a lot more loose, and that could even be something that you do during a match. If it's like, hey, I I'm feeling really tight out there, I'm not playing well, I'm not playing my game. Can I get to the point where I'm I'm having fun, I'm enjoying myself? And in, in no way does that mean I'm not trying. That, that you know don't don't get it wrong to think that i'm saying you know winning doesn't matter or any, anything like that or not to try in that moment just have fun and just you know start hitting as many tweeners as you can or you know around the back shots and that sort of thing but can you enjoy the process of being out there and playing and competing and making good contact with the ball and and the whole thing and that i think will will help you play better and also help you release some of that tension and as we discussed with Nux Saviano, you know, joy for the game, one of the most important ingredients, if not the most important ingredient to becoming a better player, right? It opens up so many other possibilities. So, um, so great discussion, Josh. Thanks. Thanks for that. And thank you all for listening. For more on today's episode, please check out the show notes. If you have any feedback or questions for me and Josh, please email us at tennisiqpodcast at gmail.com. You can also use the Twitter hashtag TennisIQ. Additionally, please subscribe to the show on your podcast platform of choice, including YouTube, so you can be notified of new episodes. You can also check us out on Instagram. If you would like to support the podcast, please visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash TennisIQ slash membership. Thanks again, and we'll talk to you soon in our next episode.